Broadcasting from occupied territories, War the Flea Media, it's the Reality Dysfunction Podcast. A space where a diverse group of brown folk from across the nation explore the political experiences and social future of our Chicano Latino community. Control the narrative, resist the dysfunction. Hello, everybody. Dr. Ernesto back with another uh, episode of the Reality Dysfunction. This week, I'm here talking with James Ortega and Ernesto Ayala, who are both, along with myself, members of the Rasunita Party. Um, we're going to be rapping a little bit about things that are that are happening uh, with, with that organization. Um, but before we do, I'm going to let these uh, brothers introduce themselves. James? My name is James Ortega. Um, I'm a member of our Rasunita Party. Yeah, just another comrade trying to help free our people. All right. Where where are you based at, James? I am based in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. All right. Yeah. And then uh, Ernesto? Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Ernesto Ayala. I'm the pro tem chair of the Partido, the Rasunita, and I am based here in uh, Pacoima, San Fernando, California. Right. So I thought maybe we could uh, kick off this conversation talking a little bit about the the study group that's been going on for several months now. It meets every Wednesday night at uh, 6 p.m. PST. It's a Zoom meeting. So anybody who's interested can join that study group. Uh, Go ahead, Ernesto. Take it away. Well, it's not 5 p.m. Oh. It meets every Wednesday night at either five or six p.m. <laughs> I think depending on where you currently yeah. reside. Yeah, I, for all of uh, for all of our listeners who who are who all of our regular listeners, I should say, I know that you are not surprised that I don't know what time uh, the study group that I attend every week starts. Brother Ayala is right; it starts at five o'clock. <laughs> Uh, PST. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, we'll be putting a link to the the sign up form for it and everything. But to, but to get into the to the conversation, uh, Ernesto, maybe you could tell us a little bit about about the study group and why why it's so important. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I think it, it goes to you know what type of organization uh, we are and that we're attempting to to uh, build rebuild. Um, you know, the, the Partido is a political organization. You know, it's a it's an organization that needs to synthesize, you know, our history, um, everything from 500 years till now, and world history, you know, where we fit in in the world. To do that requires a lot of study, requires a lot of uh, uh, dialogue, or what they call, you know, or it's called dialectic with other compañeras, compañeros. We have to, you know, work on, on the mind. You know, it's not just like, you know, you join any group or club or whatever, you know, and that's it. You know, Partido is an organization that's, you know, seriously trying to take on an enormous task. So to do that, we have to all be there, you know, uh, mentally, you know, uh, ideologically. Um, so, you know, that, that's, you know, the, the, I guess, in a nutshell, what the, the point of the study group is, you know, so... We go over this process, you know, we've been reading a few books, you know, really good books, uh, Reskin, uh, uh, White Mask, White Mask, is the yeah. Settlers, um, and then we've been going over some Partido documents as well that we've um, unearthed, you know, from old archives, you know, um, yeah. whether yeah. online or uh, some that my father has had, you know, 
a lot of you know amazing material that has been written um, by Chicanas and Chicanos, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that uh, kind of blows our mind, you know, because we don't see this stuff. We don't see this stuff anywhere, you know. I mean, as Chicanos, first of all, we're almost completely buried in in everything. Like we don't, we don't, we well, don't we're know anything. About stuff. Buried in the black white paradigm. Exactly. Yeah. And so to see stuff like this that that people like us have been writing, you know, since uh, since the from the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and up till now, gives us a, a lot of more uh, confidence, you know, that, oh, wow, you know, people like us have been thinking, have been, you know, yeah. uh, putting things into context, only that we, we, we don't, haven't had any avenues to, you know, or have, don't have, like we said, we're buried in the black-white binary, so people just don't give, give us any light of day, you know, even our own people, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's yeah. you know one of the things we struggle. One of the reasons we, we're doing the study group, and I think it's proven uh, successful with with everyone that's on it. Yeah, it seems like we're we're either reading white theorists or black radicals, right? And and it's not to say that there aren't things to be learned from either one of those groups, but the revolutionary, the radical, uh, theoretical, practical literature that was created by the Chicano movement all the way through the 1980s is significant, right? And then. So, I mean, that's been a big part of the of the study group for me is uncovering those documents. James, you look like you were going to say something. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, just to kind of tag on to what uh, Ernesto was saying, is that, uh, you know, the, the purpose of the study group is to build the revolutionary theory, is to build the revolutionary knowledge. You know, every, every, every great revolution, every great socialist uh, revolution began with the study group, you know, uh, you know, Mao talks about it extensively. Lenin talks about it extensively. It's a way of not only solidifying our identity, but also solidifying what we're fighting for. You know, right now we're we're caught up in petty little squabbles, such as you know the you know the the la the Latino versus the Chicano. You know, these are just these are just like I mean, they're they're things that other identities don't have to deal with because they are already settled in who they are. And as indigenous people, we've been allowed to check the white box for, you know, for, for many, for many decades, hundreds of years. You know, that's something that black folks have not been able to do. That's something that, uh, you know, Asian folks for the most part haven't been able to do that, you know, all of us indigenous Pacific Islanders, we have all had that option of being able to uh, politically in a certain way, kind of pass off our identity. So right now, in a lot of ways, as Chicanos, we're building from the bottom up right. because we're still because we're trying to fit. We're still trying to solidify ourselves and who we are. And that's what the point of the study group is to understand not only who we are as a people, but where we stand at this place in history yeah. and to be able to give ourselves that sort of that sort that that historical sense. You know, it's kind of like, a, you know, it's like. It's like being a, it's like being a saxophone player and only knowing the note that you play. But until you actually study the music theory, you don't understand. You you you'll only understand just playing that note. You won't understand where that note fits into the greater scheme of things. And so, um, yeah. So I mean, with all the books that we've read, you know, Settlers, the the Huey was it the Huey Newton reader, all yeah. this stuff, all these things are building up that knowledge for not only us to understand because all these thinkers have given us, a, you know, where the movement is at a certain time and place. And so it's giving us a better footing at where we sit now. So, um, yeah, so 
wants to, who is interested in a way of thinking that lies outside of the, that lies outside of the settler colonial binary that speaks to that speaks to our needs as indigenous Chicano. This is what the study group's about. Yeah, I mean, I you know I can tell you all that for myself, you know, my involvement over the past several months in you know, revamping and uh, revising and, and um, bringing back to life in some ways, the, uh, you know, the Rasu Unida party have been transformative for me, right? I mean, this, this is work that, that I've been thinking about and, and, and wanting to do, you know, for, mo- for most of my adult life and to really, you know, be able to be with a group of people, you know, who are as serious as I am you know, about learning and about, you know, making this a, a, a political reality is, um, I don't, I don't use this word a lot, but it's, it's like a blessing, man. You know, I think people overuse that word <laughs> to be honest, yeah. but it's, it is, it's like a blessing, man. I, I look forward to Wednesday nights. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Me, me as well, same here, man. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of good people in the group, you know, I think that one of the other things that's really interesting about about the study group, and I know that Ernesto had touched on it, uh, you know, uh, briefly in his initial remarks, but the the study group is ongoing, right? I mean, in in order, and, and I think it says a lot about what Rasa Unida uh, intends to be as an as an organization, right? You don't ever graduate from the study group. Right. That, mm-hmm. That's a that's a basic requirement and responsibility of anyone who um, wants to be a Rasu Nita member is that they have to participate in the study group. Right. They, they, mm-hmm. they have to learn. They have to keep learning. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Ernesto? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I was just thinking right now that, that how you were you know saying. Um, and if I mean, it's not to. Uh, I guess, I mean, maybe we should put ourselves on a pedestal, but I mean, as a group, you know, yeah. individually. But, you know, if you think about it, I mean, every every group of people on earth, you know, have have their thinkers, you know, have, uh, you know, intelligentsia. Um, every group, you know, is the, even groups that are not officially recognized. I mean, look at the Palestinians. That's a yeah. perfect example. Yeah. You know, I think there's so many similarities that we could learn from the Palestinians. They have their thinkers. You know, those are the people that, that are, you know, uh, um, like we said, you know, they're, they're looking at their history. They're looking at their place in the world, you know, going all over all this other stuff, developing, like James said, you know, developing that ideology. Uh, as the, and as the, a lot of people don't understand, you know, that that's what we're attempting to do. And I think it, it shows, you know, um, you know, it shows that the Chicano people, you know, the, the raza, here in, in what we call Aslan, you know, is a, a group of people with a with a unique identity, a unique yeah. Uh, yeah. experience. If it, if that wasn't true, then you know all these fights that that, that that we have, you know, online or offline or whatever, over identity, like James was saying, they would they just wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and the fact that that you know we we we're attempting to build or we are building, you know, this organization, yeah. you know, this organization that uh that I mean. Again, is it, I don't I don't like putting ourselves on a pedestal, but I think I think you guys deserve that's that. All, that's all right, brother. This is safe space, man. Safe space for that. Yeah, okay. you, you can put us. You can put you can put us on a pedestal if you want to. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you know, think about it. We're, we're, we're building this organization that, that you know, uh, as for Chicanos, you know, has been recognized by Palestinians, has been recognized by Irish, uh, by the Irish struggle, has been recognized by uh, people throughout Africa, you know, uh, in Mexico, uh, you know, sent delegates to Nicaragua when, you know, when the Sandinistas first came into power, um, you know, was one, of, was one of the founding organizations, one of the key founding organizations of the International Indian Treaty Council and was recognized by various uh, tribal nations as being indigenous and to Aslan, right. you know, and, and yeah. uh, belonging here together with them, you know, um, and our, you know, I was on a podcast, another podcast this, this weekend also with, uh, you know, I call her my tia, she's my tia, I grew up, you know, knowing her uh, with Amzuri um, Pambeli from the All African People's Revolutionary Party. You know, and we talked about this long history of, of them recognizing, you know, uh, La Raza Unida as a legitimate uh, uh, organization of, of the indigenous people here, of Chicanos, Mexicanos and other indigenous people, you know, so that's what we're, that's what we're organizing. And, you know, there's no other group of people doing that, uh, uh, Chicanos, you know, doing that. We're doing that, you know, and, and, you know, I think that, that, you know, is not to stroke our ego, you know, individualism. Ego is not about that. It was what we're collectively building, you know, and we're building it, uh, you know, basing uh, off of our, our our history, you know, as a people and as a partido, you know, and you know that that, that kind of does away with the individual, and not in a bad sense, but it you know brings us all together, you know, because none of this a partido is not one person, one individual, uh, one you know, look at that person or the great whatever. You know, it's a, it's a party. Us, it's a party, exactly. That's it's right. A it's a party. You can't have a party. You can't have a party by yourself. Well, not a not a real good party, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Um, I was gonna say too. You know, the, I think what the what the partido represents is a living is a living contract with the people because you see in a lot of other organizations they're very dogmatic, even amongst even amongst uh, organizations that claim to be, you know, revolutionary, yeah. you know, they, they, they find their power in exclusion. So that's why we have a lot of breaks in our community. You know, you know, uh, you know, our, our queer rasa is a, is a really great example, queer and trans rasa, you know, the, the idea that some people will refer to uh, certain books that have been published since the seventies as a way to be able to say like, well, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to go back to being indigenous, then, you know, so-and-so said that, you know, they didn't have queer people, you know, queer people in our, in our tribe or, you know, trans people didn't exist then. So why should we recognize them now? Or, you know, it's, it's, but yeah. you know, the, the which Rato is a Nita, fucking you know, stupid thing to say. Just, exactly, I, I, yeah, exactly. I have to interject. Yeah. That, no, 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 that's cool. So, yeah. no, uh, so when we talk about studying every Wednesday, essentially what we're saying is that we're not going to stop learning meaning that there is a place for everybody yeah. in our party yeah, who exactly. identifies as Chicano. Even the people who don't identify as Chicano, you know, the, the queer the queer Latinx folks, you know, you might not be in the party, but the idea is that what we're working towards includes them. You might not be able to be in on the on the um on the party festivities while you're still, you know, believing that you're you know, that you're all the people because you all speak Spanish or look like you speak Spanish. 
But it's the idea that when we start talking about that, when we start, when we talk about a study group, it's that we're constantly learning. And so we have such a diversity of voices within the, within the group, you know, uh, you know, we have, we have queer, we have straight, we have lesbian, we have gay. I mean, we have, we have those white. voices available to us in the group. And that, yeah, we do. We have white, you know? So, I mean, it's the, it's the idea that, you know, we're, we're creating, we're creating, uh, you know, see, I, what I like is that we're creating a, uh, that we're creating an organization that, you know, that we are an organization that is based in the fundamental idea of, you know, of, you know, communism, brotherhood, living together and what that entails. And, you know, that we're willing to critique ourselves as much as we critique society because we are a reflection of the people we are a reflection of the, society, of the society that we want to create so if we're not critical of ourselves then we're not critical then we're not going to be critical of anything else around us yeah so. Re- revolutionary chicano nationalism right absolutely so- absolutely scientific socialism yeah, right? yeah. science yeah. man you know, I, I like that uh analogy or what james was saying you know it, it, because it is a science you know um like any other scientific uh, practice, you know, you you have to criticize. The scientists criticizes themselves or criticizes their work, uh, or, you know, criticizes the theory, and and they get closer to the truth that way. That's what we're trying to do. You know, we're not saying we know everything and we're right. We're saying this is how we get to the truth, or this is how we've been able to get closer to the truth. Let's you know continue on that on that path. You know, and even it means you know. Uh, uh, Criticizing, yeah, criticizing mistakes we've made as a party or, or wrong ideas we might have, you know, and all that, you know, and you taking all that yeah, into context, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's really important to point out is that a lot of revolutionary organizations, specifically the Brown Berets, of which, you know, uh, I'm the, the Oregon chapter captain for the BBNO, we have a lot of that history. You read, I, I just got done reading a book about uh, the Consafos magazine. Yeah. And how like yeah. they 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 um they had a lot of queer people a lot of queer rasa who wanted to write, but because the editorial board was so homophobic, they had a they they didn't let them in, you know, or they had a they they had very few women writing. They had one woman who write who wrote, and I I think it's they couldn't remember her name, so they just called her La Chingadera, you know. <laughs> Like, you know, we, you know, and I think that that's really, you know, like, I think that that's really important because we have to own that history. You know, a lot of organizations, you know, not to, not to, not to, you know, take a, not, can I cuss on this? Is that okay? Uh, like, fuck yeah. Not, okay. Not to take, not to take a shit on any of our rasa who go to church, but the church doesn't really take responsibility for what the church has done in the past. You know, not to say that the church hasn't done good things in our community, but when you start talking about the past and how we became, how many of us became Catholic, how many, how we became Protestant, they don't like to talk about that because that requires self-critique. And, the, the you know, the church famously, you know, exists on the inability to self-critique, whereas we as an organization can accept all of our people regardless of what they believe because what we are searching for doesn't require us to all have the same spiritual beliefs or any spiritual beliefs at all because we're talking about liberation for our people. Like Malcolm X said, you know, 
keep your keep your relationship with your God between you and your God at home because if he hasn't done this much for you so far, it's probably better off to leave him at home anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think that everything that you just said is a really good point. I, I think it's also really important to remember that Malcolm X's entire foundation of his, you know, transformation was based in religion, right? It wasn't based in Christian yeah, religion, absolutely. but it was, it was based in religion. I think that, um, you know, I don't consider myself a Christian at all. Um, I, I grew up that way. And so I think that when I decided to stop calling myself a Christian, I, I did that within a very informed context, right? Like I, I feel okay about being able to say that. And I also understand that it's not totally a knee-jerk reaction. What I also understand though, is that in terms of like this project, that this conversation that we have, when we talk about revolutionary Chicano nationalism, right? And then we talk about building um, a party and we talk about building uh, a nation, right? We have this all these conversations around Aslan that um, that that we that we have to make room for. And I'm not saying that you're not, James. I'm not saying that at all because we've had these conversations, right? You and I have, and I and I have. Yeah. I feel like I have a good idea where you stand on this. Um, but religion is always a part of a group of people's lives, right? And so, like yeah. thinking about what that is. So, like for instance. I just met just yesterday. I met with this young brother who lives around here, who's um, getting ordained as a Methodist. Um, I don't know, like a pastor. I think that's what they call them in that church. Um, yeah, pastors. You know, yeah, he's Chicano, Mexicano dude, right? Um, real down, you know, for uh, raza, you know. And so, but he's also, you know, religion and, and spirituality and all that's like super important to him, you know? So yeah. thinking about, and I think that this is also too where our own, our, our challenges come, right? As, as, uh, as we examine the, the, the contradiction and try to engage in the dialectic and to think about, you know, where the, um, I hate to use this word, but where the intersections <laughs> <laughs> I've used two well, words no, in this podcast that I don't like to use at all. <laughs> well, no, I think no, but I think that's important though because you know, be, you know, but Malcolm X also said that his that he was, you know, that he was talking about black nationalism and black nationalism is something you can take to the church, to the temple, to the synagogue, to the you know, to all those places because what we're talking about is liberation for our people. But you know, this you know, like all the all the Chicano art of the seventies that we still that we still love to look at today was inspired by that by that spirit of the people. And it wasn't and it, you know, it was a combination of Catholic iconography and indigenous iconography, but that's what at that time essentially made us Rasa. Yeah, and yeah. now our canvas and our palette has expanded since then. So it'll include all those things, but but it's it's a, what I'm talking about is using your using your religion as a shield, you know, yeah, right. like for the people, but not as a not as a sword, right. you know. I mean, yeah. that's yeah, because I mean, the shield of faith, brother. Shield of faith. That's right. Well, you know, it's like no. well, you know, it's like they, I mean, if anybody has time to. To look it up, you know, there's the there's the social gospel mm -hmm. that was really prevalent during the 1920s that you can still find books on, and the response to that from the capitalists was the uh, what do they call it now the prosperity gospel. You know, mm -hmm. so you have those you have that 
you have that thing where the where the you know, and that's why I talk about the church is because you know the church the church in a lot of places you know, especially throughout our history as Chicanos has been paid by the people who who oppressed us. If you you know, uh, Occupied America is a great example of a book that talks about that where the uh, where you know the the uh, the people who ran the, the people who ran the orchards and the fields that we worked in in order to pick vegetables. Those those agro businesses would pay the pastors to stay out of political affairs, you know. So, you know, so it's like so they so they used the thing that drew us together as a people and used it as a as basically like using it to make us step on our own, you know, to to you know to like to to hurt ourselves rather than help ourselves. So I mean, so in being in being critical that way is really what I was talking about. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, yeah, but I think I think you know, it's, a, it's a good conversation because you know, um, again, in, in thinking of you know what we're attempting to build, you know, it forces us to think outside of the individual, you know. And you know, I, I personally, I'm I'm atheist. I I, I don't believe to, me. You know, I don't believe there's a reason to believe in any higher power, or anything like that. That's me, right? But as the if I was to to take like a, that attitude. To our people, we will get nowhere. Yeah, you know, because yeah. yeah. our people are are you know they are Catholic, they yeah. are uh, uh-huh. Christian in, in one you know one way or another, and um, you know, and so we have we have to think you know outside of you know what what how I see the world personally, you know, um, because you know I, I think that was a good example you know that that, that uh, Tokayo just gave about that that brother you know. Because over here, you know, there, there's this, you know, Senora, she's very active here in Pacoima. Um, you know, uh, she's very well respected, you know, um, it's the proud Chicana, proud Mexicana. And she's a very, very Christian woman, you know. Yeah. But she supports La Razonida. And she, she you know, and she, she uh, if we ask her to come and, and give a few words and stuff, she does it, you know. So what, what, <laughs> what kind of people will we be perceived or, you know, if it would be like, oh, you know, religion is, is, European and colonial, and that's hard. You're if you follow it, you're dumb or whatever. We would be dumb for yeah. saying that, yeah. you know. And so, you know, I think yeah, you know, it forces us to 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 think, you know. Uh, uh, well, we we would not be we would not be exploring the contradiction. Exactly. We we would not we would not be recognizing or acknowledging the the material condition of our community, exactly. which exactly. would which would yeah. make us yeah. poor organizers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think that all of those things are, uh, all of those things are super, super, super important. But you know, you all who are listening, this this is the kind of conversation that we have, you know, every yeah. every Wednesday <laughs> night at, at this study group. Well, what you have are, are people coming in from all over the country. I mean, literally from all over the country, people are zooming in to have this this conversation. And um, you know, the the study group lasts ninety minutes. Uh, every Wednesday night, it goes from uh, five to six thirty. Um, yeah, and sometimes, yeah, that's right. Sometimes from Canada too. Yeah, we've had we've, we have had some we have had some international participation, right? Yeah, Chicanos are everywhere, man. I mean, they're like, what? I can get a job there? Okay, and then they're gone. <laughs> they just like I'll go up there. And work. I'll go up there. Yeah. And work. yeah. <laughs> so, I think. Uh, you know, it's, it's something, something to, uh, to keep in mind, right? Like 
we can't move forward as a community until we engage in some sort of dialogue. And even if it just starts with 20 of us having just a conversation where, you know, we don't need to tell each other to fuck off at the end of it, you know, um, I mean, that's there. I mean, that's, that's a start, right? Because damn, I mean, you can't hardly talk to anybody anymore, you know, and everybody's just like up in their feelings about all kinds of shit. And it's just like, yo, it's not, it's, it's not personal, or at least it wasn't, but it's starting to become. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think think part of it, well, you know, I think part of it is, you know, it's part of that colonial mentality. It's the idea, you know, why are you bothering with these things? Why are you bothering me with these things that don't affect me? You know, like I'm like, I was just having a conversation with this, uh, with this, uh, with this other brother in one of the, in one of the, um, you know, one of the Mexican communities on Facebook. And basically like his whole thing, cause we were talking about Palestine. He's like, you know, essentially like his whole thing is like, well, you know, you passively support empire essentially by living here and spending money and working. So why does it matter to you? You know? And I, but that, but I, I believe that comes with that whole like capitalist individualist mentality that, you know, that you can, you can exist and do your own thing and it can totally be in a vacuum. Like what you do, you know, unless it goes again, you know, unless it plays into the grand scheme of the empire, like, you know, it, yeah, it's just it's frustrating because it's like you know, like uh, like uh, Ayala was saying, you know, there's a lot of things that we as Chicanos can learn from the Palestinians because you know there are people like uh, Ayala said it on the at the last uh, the last Wednesday we had, you know, the reason why they're they're able to be so so strong as a people is because they understand they, that they're Palestinian, that they're that their relationship with Israel is what makes them Palestine. And, you know, that they're not calling themselves separate from the rest of the Arab world. It just happens to be where they are right now at this point in time with the colonial relationship we have, with that they have. And that's what makes us Chicanos. It's our relationship with the U.S. empire at this point in time right now where we are. Chicano isn't even, like, a lot of us are indigenous you know, like me, I didn't grow up speaking Spanish or even in the culture. I've had to learn myself. I've had to teach myself, you know, but there's a lot of us who are Chicano, but it's because of our relationship, not necessarily our genetics, but our relationship to empire that makes us Chicano. So we have a lot of brothers and sisters in that struggle. So That's right. That's word. That's, I mean, that's all I got to say is word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> no, I, you're, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, bro. It's, it's about, it's about our, um, yeah, our relationship. It's, yeah, to, to, to empire. That's, yeah. that's a good way to put it, man. I think it, it, because it also answers back all these other people, you know, who are all like, oh, no, that's not who we are. I mean, and it, it lets us know right away that they, have a different relationship to empire right they they don't see themselves the the same way and i think it's uh i think it's it's particularly shocking you know and i was just i've been doing a lot of writing lately and it's it's one of the things that that i was writing about yesterday was just how this whole um this 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 counter assault this charge against chicanismo is being led by 
young Chicanos and Chicanas, right? And, you know, it's clear that they see their relationship to empire in a very different way. You know, they are, you know, really see the, the, the anti-imperial um, liberation work that was done. I mean, and sure, there were, it had problems and, and those problems were called out, right? And in, I think in, in a lot of cases, really dealt with savagely, right? And mm. so, you know, I, I don't think that the Chicano movement acts the same way that it did 40 years ago at, at all. And I think anybody who says that it does is, you know, I mean, they're, they're being bombastic, right? They're, they're engaging in just... Um, it's lazy and dogmatic, basically. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and so the gains have been made, right? And in understanding what what our relationship is, but just because a, a couple of people say that, you know, these these ideas are are imperialistic, I mean, that doesn't make it so, right? Well, I think it, I think it comes down to like, but you know, but that's why we have the Wednesday nights because the you're talking about because what they're taught they're trying to. It's projection. It's like when we talk about decolonization, you're like, oh, so colonization on the one hand was the taking, the raping, the theft of indigenous people in their land. So the opposite of colonization would be the same thing, would be the indigenous people doing the same thing to the colonizers. So they can't, but you, but you realize that when you talk to anybody who supports empires, they support this binary worldview. So it's like, so if you're going to do this, if this is what was done to take the land from you, so then obviously in order to get the land back, you have to do the same thing. It's like, we don't want, I mean, we do want the land back, but you know what we're, but we're, but you know, we're talking about like something completely new. You know, we're talking about, you know, we're not because, you know, it's it's like talking to this one, this one guy, you know, we're talking about how, like, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these guys who call themselves revolutionaries in our community, they're basically what they are is they're, they're um, cultural nationalists, meaning that they just want to get back to the time that makes it comfortable for them to exist. You know, so they so they're not interested in all of the in all of the the necessary work it would take to really free our people. They essentially just want to they, they want to kick the white man out of his bed, out of his car, you know, all this stuff. And they want to take and they want to, you know, and they want to they want to put them in that place. So, you know, they want the master's car. They want the master's bed. They want the master's wife. You know, they don't you know, but they, they don't. They, but that's all they want. That's it. That's where it stops. They're like, as yeah. soon as we got that, we're cool. But you know what we're talking about is saying, burn down the master's house, blow up his car, kick out his wife, whatever. We're going to put something new <laughs> that doesn't even have to do with the master. Fuck the master. The master's lame. His yeah. food is lame. His music is lame. Whatever. We got way better yeah. stuff we can set up in place. Well, everything they have is, is taken from someone else. I, I yeah, mean, all and, and yeah. even even better than, than doing all that would be to convince their kids that we're right. Exactly. Because let me tell you something. That'll hurt a whole lot more. Yeah. Trust me. Well, we'll take their kids and make them Chicanos. And... I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it probably won't be that hard, man. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, most people, if you catch them at the right moment in their development, right, they yeah. they see injustice, they see oppression, you know, and they, yeah. and they react to it in a certain, you know, because they're against it. Because I think, you know, human beings are fundamentally against injustice and fundamentally against oppression 
you know, it's just that we're conditioned, you know, through that consumerist society, the one that you were talking about earlier, James, you know, we're conditioned to believe that, you know, our individual responses and wants and desires, you know, only impact us, right? Like that's, it's, it's what, it's what I want. And it's just like, no, that's, that's capitalism talking, baby. That's, that's what that exactly. is. And, and yeah. you know, um, yeah. it's, uh, you know, children, if you, I mean, you think about it, and I've read like other people say, you know, other like uh, people that write about science, children are naturally scientific. You know, children will tell you what they see, what is right, what is correct. But it's the schools, it's TV, you know, now social media, uh, all the, all the, all, you know, society in general, the dominating society that makes, distorts, you know, reality so that they, so that people grow up and they're conditioned, like you were saying right now, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, you shouldn't share because, uh, you know, if you share, yeah. you're yeah. making someone else lazy, you know, and, right. and, and everything that, everything is just for you. The world revolves around you, you know, and, and you define who you are by what you buy and all that stuff, you know, um, and as colonized people, as, you know, uh, oppressed people, you know, everything that we intrinsically understand from the world, it's, we're told to just push it to the back of your mind because it's not important. Yeah. You know, what's, yeah. what's important, you know, who cares if this was your land, who cares if, you know, this and that, or, you know, what's done to your people. Uh, if, if people are still suffering, that's their fault, you know, and you just, just you just got to think about yourself being that's American, right. yep. even if you're not accepted as an American, but being American, because that's what it means to be correct and normal. And, you know, uh, Fuck everybody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And get them to talk about that. Get them to get them to get them to loosen up and try to talk about the fact that, you know, it's like you have to, you know, if you're if you're if if you're like me or, you know, if you're like me living outside of living outside of, you know, Aslan, you know, living in Oregon, like it, you're basically like the token Mexican. I've I've worked I've lucked out having two really great uh, Chicanos who work with me at work, you know, really nice guys help me with my Spanish and everything really great to work with. But every other place I've worked, I could count on, I could, I could barely make it to three fingers. How many times, how many other Mexicans there have been. And you know, because I don't you know, because I didn't grow up around people who spoke Spanish. I mean, people just assume like I'm just a white dude in brown skin. So they'll say some really fucked up shit around me thinking, thinking mm. that, you know, thinking that I don't play that, thinking that I play like that. And I do yeah. not. You know, homie don't, homie don't play. But, yeah, exactly. So, so no, but I mean, but that's that's the truth, though. Is I know. those guys, that's how they, that's how they think. Yeah, that's how they think, and that's how they get us to think. Yeah. You know, they want us to believe that we're, you know, like you said, you know, like we're exceptional. But you know, it's like somebody once I, I read this thing that said, uh, you know, to be African, uh, to be African American is to be African without the memory and American without the privilege. Mm. That's exactly, that's the same thing when they say Mexican American, you know, being Mexican without the, without the, um, you know, without the, without the history and American without the privilege, you know, and so many of our people are that they, all they've got to cling to is just the little scraps that are falling from the table and the way that the society is structured. We have no critique of the system, even if we're angry at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Richard, you know, uh, you know, Richard Wolf talked about how he got all of he was educated in economics that you know, he's got three degrees from Ivy League, each from an Ivy League university like Yale, Harvard and one other one. And he talked about how in in 10 years, 
in 10 years of economics, not one, not one, uh, not one assignment of critique of capitalism. Mm. You know, so I mean, this, Damn, whole, he this whole, you know, he didn't go to Prescott go College, I can tell you that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he, he's got a really great po- podcast called Democracy at Work. I actually got one of his books where he explains the differences between uh, neoclassical, Keynesian, and Marxian economics. You know, he's a huge Marxist, you know, he's a huge Marxist socialist, you know. So, I mean, but, yeah, but that's the point is that we don't have, and that's, you know, to come to bring it back around, that's, you know, that's the point of the Raso Unida. We're not trying to be, we're not trying to be an alternative to the two-party system. We're trying to be the answer to the settler colonial system. So we're looking at, so we're looking at scientific socialism. We're looking at Chicano revolutionary nationalism as living, breathing, amendable critiques to capitalism. Because capitalism, at the end of the day, is dogmatic. It is dead, and it's not serving anybody else except yeah. for the people that are making all the money. You know, we as as a, as a people, we pride ourselves on working hard, but we never stop to think about who we're working hard for. Mm-hmm. You know, even yeah. even the guys that I work with, super nice, super wonderful, loving people. But they they're like, you know, they don't want to miss work because, you know, I just had one dude whose wife is sick and he he talked about not wanting to miss work because he doesn't want me to think he's not a hard worker. Mm. It's like, no, man, you got to take care of your family, you know, familia primera, you know, mm. you know, and he's just like, you know, but he, he taught, you know, a lot of our people talk about working hard, but they don't want it. But you start asking them like, well, who are you working hard for? Like, I get that you're doing it for your family, but who are you really working for? You know, who are you? Who are you expending all of your energy to make in pennies on the dollar for? Right. You know, and that's what we're about. We're saying, no, 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 no. The people who own the the people who work the land own the land. You know, you know. Yeah. And, and to bring it back, you know, to, to what we had said earlier, or you had brought up earlier, you know, about the other study group is, you know, you know, we're, we're analyzing our relationship to this colonizer at this point. We're not we're not just making stuff up or pulling, you know, uh, Chicano out of a hat of different identities or something. You know, we're, we're saying, you know, this this answers who we are, you know, in a scientific manner, you know. So, you know, understanding that, you know, because of our relationship with U.S. settler colonialism, with imperialism, obviously, at one point in, in time in the future, we're not going to have that relationship anymore. That's right. And then we'll become something else. Yeah. You know, and, well, and that's, that's that's part of the dialectic, right? That every process transforms itself into its opposite, you know? Exactly. And so yeah. that's that's the thing that we that we hold on to when we think about what it means to have a material analysis, right? That there there is no such thing as a as forever. There is exactly. no such thing as a static situation. Eventually, yeah. we will arrive at the place that we want to be, right? Yeah. It just it's a it's a question of how we get there. Hey, you guys, we're we're out of time. Um, this has been a great conversation. I want to you know encourage everybody who's listening to uh, click the link in the description below. Sign up for the for the study group. We hope to see you all there. This is the reality dysfunction. <laughs>